You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Coaching carousel has been insane in the NFL this year. Yes, there are eight new head coaches uh, in the NFL. Some of them not entirely new, retreads, but in a new position. But the big three positions uh, for coaching, obviously. Head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. 23 of the 32 teams insane. had made a change at one of those spots. Now, obviously, the eight teams that hired a new head coach, they're going to come with new DCs and OCs as well. Like 99% of the time you hire your own guys. It's rare that somebody incumbent would just become the OC still. I mean, the enemy is one of the better OCs around the league, and he's not even the the OC for the Washington Commanders for Dan Quinn. So it's extremely rare for that to happen. Um, but 23 of 32 teams making a change in at least one of the big positions. Uh, the Falcons did it with all three. The Ravens replaced their defensive coordinator. The Bills did both, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator Joe Brady did come on in the middle of the season last year. Uh, the Panthers changed pretty much everybody. Uh, literally, head coach, offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, executive VP of football operations, general manager, assistant head coach, and the running game coordinator, running backs coach, wide receiver coach, and the offensive line coach all changed in Carolina. Offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator in Chicago, offensive in Cincinnati, both in Cleveland. Uh, not both, I'm sorry, offensive coordinator in Cleveland, and they hired a new defensive line coach, why would they fire potentially the best defensive <laughs> coordinator other than Spagnola in the game? Uh, Mike Zimmer to the Cowboys, uh, Jeff Halfey as the D coordinator to the Packers, defensive coordinator change for the Jags, uh, head coach and OC for the Raiders, Chargers obviously changed everybody, the Rams got an OC, the Dolphins got a DC, Patriots changed everybody. OC for the Saints. OC for the Steelers. Uh, DC for the Giants. Both for the Eagles. Uh, Seahawks did all three. OC for the Bucks. DC, OC for the Titans. Uh, as well as head coach. Same with the Commanders. I mean, it's just insanity that mm-hmm. that many teams made that many changes at that position. Um, and not all because they moved up. Not all because some of them were, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ravens had to make Zach Orr their defensive coordinator because, because their defensive coordinator became the Seattle Seahawks head coach. But. A lot of them also, like the Eagles, for example, they just decided you weren't doing a good enough job. It's funny, the Eagles, two years ago, lose their OC in their DC because they were great and they got, and got other opportunities. Uh, in the NFL, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon became head coaches elsewhere. Now this year they're moving on from both because they stunk. They didn't think that they were good enough. So either way you slice it, whether they have moved themselves up or whether they weren't good enough, there is just a sense of we're not going to be patient with these kind of positions around the NFL with these kind of coaching uh, positions. And it's no matter who you are, right? The Eagles, you just mentioned, they are a two year separated defending NFC championship team. But you look around the league, there's a lot of teams out there who aren't even close to that kind of position. And they are, they are recognizing the urgency to be great in this league and they won't tolerate lackluster play for any longer than they need to. Except for the Bears who brought back Matt Eberflus. I just don't get that one. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I don't get that either. Um, you know, Cincinnati, despite having Burrow out this year, they got their OC poached, and Brian Callahan is now the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. So you hire your you promote your quarterbacks coach to to OC. Um, for the Browns, you know, different story. They just didn't think that their offensive coordinator was good enough, and they hired Ken Dorsey, uh, the ex of the Bills, to come in and try to fix that. So again. Just right there in your own division, in your own in in one state, mm-hmm. you see both ends of the spectrum. Where one offensive coordinator just wasn't good enough and got let go, and the other was too good and ended up becoming a head coach. But speaking of the head coaches, eight of them were hired. I think it's time we put a stamp on our stamp of approval on these hires, or uh, cast a shadow of doubt over them. And what other what better time to do it before any games have been played? Exactly. To really exactly. make our definitive opinion. Hundred percent. That's how you do it in this <laughs> business. I don't need evidence. I just need speculation. And there's no better game to play when it comes to speculation than uh-huh or uh-uh. 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 Is it uh-huh or uh-uh? It's uh-uh. It's my cat's birthday today, so that's why I'm making this cake. <laughs> She died two weeks ago, but yeah, thank you. Have some cake. One of the best scenes in that movie, full of incredible scenes. Number one, let's start with the Carolina Panthers. Dave Canals. This is a tough one for me. Just with anyone on the Panthers, it's tough. It's tough. Um, not much track record with Canals, but he did have a, a pretty good run when he was in Tampa Bay. Um, he was the run... Just say what you want to say. You want to say, go, uh, uh, I'm going to go, yeah. uh, and it's you're, unfair you to him to, because no, it's the name. You were name. trying to be the nice guy by saying, listen, it's a tough situation to come into Carolina. Don't know a lot about you, but who knows? You could do well, but uh, I, I just don't I don't believe it. I, yeah, I'm going to uh, on him. And, and again, maybe that's unfair because he's just an unknown, uh, 42 years old. He checks that box. He's a young guy. But not too, too young. Like, he's had a good track record, OC in Tampa, and he, but quarterbacks he coach in Seattle. He didn't come from, I think, the right places. He comes from the Pete Carroll tree. Yeah. That's the, the tree he comes from. Um, but but that tree was more based on defense than it was anything. And To be fair, he was the quarterbacks coach in 18 and 19, um, wide receivers coach for seven years before that. Russell Wilson had some very good years with Canals in the building and, and with Canals yeah. as his, as his uh, quarterback's coach, passing game coordinator. Um, so, Still going to say uh. I'm going to say uh as well, though. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to be nice, but trying it's to be just, nice. I don't know. It's trying to be nice. Habits. All right, next up, we got a retread hire, Raheem Morris, hired by the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Mike Tomlin has been on record before this hire. I saw this clip go viral after the hire was made. Um, they asked him, who in the NFL do you think is not a head coach right now that deserves a head coach? And he glowed about Raheem Morris, mm-hmm. said he's one of the better minds that he knows in the game. I'm going to give Raheem Morris an uh-huh. I'm going to go I like uh, it. uh-huh as well. Listen, I know retreads don't work all the time, but I think he was given a shot too early in his career to be the head coach. Like, Jacob, he was the head coach in Tampa Bay from 2009 to 2011. He's still only 47 years old. And that was over 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, he was young. So and that was, was in a weird era for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was kind of in a dead man's area right before Jameis Winston came to town. So there wasn't a lot of hope. Uh, but then you look at what he did after that. He was in Washington with McVay and, and with Mike McDaniel, with all those guys. And he went to Atlanta under Shanahan as the OC there during the Super Bowl year. Then he was in L.A., uh, with Sean McVay, so he's had the right pieces around him. Um, 
like you said, I think he was just a little too young in Tampa Bay and didn't have the right team around him. Now, if you, if going back to a, a conversation we had earlier today, if the if the Falcons somehow land either a Kirk Cousins or a Justin Fields, you pair that guy compared to Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. You pair that quarterback with a Bijan Robinson, a Drake London, a Kyle Pitts. That could be a really good team. A really good offense. And I think he's going to get those players to play for him. I just, again, I can't get over He was like 34, 35 years old his first go around it. Then you just laid out all the experience he got after that with some other great coaches. I just think he's he's worth it. This isn't a retread where the guy's like 60 years old and he might mm-hmm. be past his prime. Like, this, I think, is a good retread. I think this guy deserves another shot at, at the head coaching position. And I also, like you kind of mentioned this, um, you know, he was in. Defensive passing game coordinator, uh, assistant head coach, and a defensive back coach for the Falcons in 2015. Then in 2016 through 19, he became the wide receivers coach and the offensive passing game coordinator. Mm -hmm. So, like, experience on both sides of the ball. Yes, a defensive guy in nature was the defensive coordinator for the Rams the past couple of years, but he's got offensive experience. He coached the offensive side of the ball for a couple of years in Atlanta. Um, I like it. I like the hire. I go, uh uh-huh. I go, uh uh-huh as well. Gerard Mayo for the New England Patriots. I'm going, uh-uh. I just feel uh, like the, I, this I'm feels like— I'm pretty on the fence about I'm this gonna go, one. I'm going to uh-uh, and let me explain why. Okay. I firmly do believe in you don't want to be the guy after the guy. Yeah, that's a great—that's a And a Mayo, great to me, kind of feels like the perfect guy to be after the guy. Probably a really good position coach, probably a good coordinator, um, probably not going to become a great head coach one day. Uh, you shuffle in an ex-player— someone who was under Belichick on his staff as that guy who gets the next crack at it, mm-hmm. and you create a nice little buffer between Belichick and maybe the next big fish that you land and bring in to New England. So I'm going to go, uh-uh. I don't think it's going to work out with Mayo. I kind of get what the Patriots are doing with the hire. Um, and again, these are all just gut reactions. Mayo could shove it up my butt and go 14-3 and three next year. He's, he's allowed to do that. Yeah, he is. He ain't going to, though. They're I don't think so. Good. I, I do like, you know, even though Tom Brady being there, Belichick was really a defensive-minded guy. You continue that path. Maybe that gives you some credence there. I, I'm i more on the fence of that they could do, they'll do better than they did each of the past few years with Mac Jones. Uh, I think, is, uh, is uh, McDaniels back on that staff already? They clean out his locker knowing that he'd be back in just two years after spending that time with the Raiders? I don't think that he'll be back. Do you think that they'll bring him back? I just think they're going to sever ties. I think Daniels. you need to bring in someone who knows the offense, especially if you're going to well, start yeah, they again. Hire? They have an offensive coordinator. It is Alex Van Pelt. Hail to Pitt, baby. How could I get mad at that? What a hire. Home you run. Would not get Home mad run. Uh, the thing that is attractive to Jared Mayo, though, is you get to pick a quarterback. Like, you are in a spot to pick Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Like, you have a chance at a potential franchise quarterback. Um, So, yeah, That's why I think that the commander's job and the Patriots' job were really attractive because you're in that top five. Mm. That's why the Bears' job would have been so attractive. They could have named their coach. I think Harbaugh would have been a Bear, maybe. Potentially. Oh, dude, everyone in Chicago was waiting for the team to announce that Harbaugh was coming Or Belichick or Vrabel. Like, I think they could have named their coach because people would have been excited for Caleb Williams. But, Instead, it's Eberflus. Yep, 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 yep. And maybe it works out with Eberflus because you got to admit, the defense under him, 
great last year in sure. Chicago and got better. They went out and they added pieces. Um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Who was the guy they got from the the, the Commanders last year uh, who came over? Oh, Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat. Yeah. Had a chance to lead the Bears and the Commanders mm-hmm. in sacks no, last year. He, he did, did it. it. I think he did He's it. He's the only yeah. player ever to lead two franchises in sacks in a single season. Bears defense is good, and Eberflus is a defensive guy. Maybe he gets lucky with Caleb Williams and the offensive coordinator, uh, Shane Waldron, that they brought over from Seattle, and they kind of just take the reins offensively, and it works out. Yeah, maybe. I would have hired an offensive head coach, though, to have this this number one quarterback uh, land in my lap. So let's talk about the guy that they probably should have hired next, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Probably the biggest uh uh-huh. Without question. Without, there's not even worth going over his track record because he's the only one on this list of known. these teams that I think will make the playoffs next year too. Between like, the I, I Falcons, think, Panthers, Chargers, Pats, Seahawks, Titans, Seahawks maybe, Commies, Seahawks, Seahawks maybe, Seahawks maybe. But I put the Chargers at the top of that list. I put them at the top of the list, and there's a significant gap between them and the Seahawks, right? Yeah, but Seattle is a good number too. They mm-hmm. got a lot of pieces there, and. I mean, let's just do it right now. Let's get to McDonald too. I'm gonna give McDonald a uh huh too. I think yeah, McDonald's a good hire. To. He's young, um, a defensive guy. So you know, you obviously have to cover your bases by hiring good offensive minds. Ryan Grubb is gonna be the offensive coordinator and get the uh, first crack at it. He was the Alabama offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach last year. Alabama didn't have the best quarterback last year, but they still got the most out of that quarterback getting to a semifinal game and falling just short to Michigan, who Mike McDaniel coached for before jumping up to Jim Harbaugh's staff, or excuse me, John Harbaugh's staff with the Ravens as defensive coordinator. Uh, I like the hire, though, Mike McDonald. If he can fill in that offensive staff around him, I think he could be a pretty good head coach. But back to John Harbaugh, the the biggest, most emphatic, uh-huh, 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 that you can give in this scenario. Uh, he was the best head coach hire of the cycle, and he went to a team as I expected him to do, you know, either go to that Bears team and get your quarterback of choice in the draft or take the best available quarterback of these teams that needed an opening. And Herbert's, you want to talk about a gap in the list. It's Herbert and a big gap and Geno Smith probably. So I think this is a, this is a slam dunk hire right now. Yeah, and it it goes way beyond just the name, I, I, the impact this guy can have. I mean, you saw what he did in Michigan. You saw what he did when he immediately arrived in San Francisco for his first job head coaching in the NFL. And before that, you saw what he did with Stanford. He brought in arguably the best quarterback to come out of a draft when you were expecting him to be great. I don't think anyone lived up to the ex- expectations as greatly as Andrew Luckton. Now you could say, well, Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow were draft picks, but I don't think anyone had the pedigree or the expectations that Andrew Luck had and then followed up an NFL career matching that. And Harbaugh was the guy that landed in Stanford. I just think everywhere this guy goes, he creates gold. And so given the fact that he doesn't have to do a lot, he's got his quarterback. Now he just has to build around that team or that 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 guy that's not asking to do for a lot. Once you got the quarterback, everything else falls into place, really. So I, I expect Harbaugh to do great things, and I, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if you know he he got to one Super Bowl, got to what three NFC Championship games in a row, maybe just two NFC Championship games in a row. I'd be surprised if he doesn't at least reach one Super Bowl during his time mm. in L.A. with Herbert. And you hate the Chargers, so that's big of you to say that. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Quinn, the retread of this hiring cycle in my eyes, uh, was a head coach for the Falcons 2015 to 2020. Was the head coach for the team that blew the biggest lead in Super Bowl history, the 28 to 3 game against the Patriots. So, I mean, Dan Quinn, that close to being a Super Bowl winning head coach, didn't work out. Then he leaves Atlanta a, a couple years after that. Um, goes to um, Dallas. You know what defensive I coordinator there for a few seasons. Interesting about Dan Quinn is in the aftermath of that Super Bowl was that Super Bowl Fifty One. Mm-hmm. I feel like the burden of blame falls harder on Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan it than it does Quinn. It does it one hundred percent does? Um, people, but like I think it saying, has a lot to do with what Shanahan's done after. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I but you're right. Like Dan Quinn should get. A lot of that, and he does get a lot of it, but he but, does. But, but he's he, the guy in front of Shanahan at the that point. The narrative like, is: look at Shanahan; he cannot close out games when they matter most. But let me throw this: Super one at Bowls, you. NFC Championship games. He just can't do it. Let me play devil's advocate for yeah. you, though, on that. So you're Dan Quinn. You're a defensive guy. You were a Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom before you got your Atlanta Falcons head coaching mm-hmm. job. You do what you need to do as a modern defensive head coach. You build up your offensive staff with bright up-and-coming studs, and he had the best one in Kyle Shanahan. He gave him complete trust, is what I would argue. Yeah. And that, you know, Shanahan's strategy down the stretch of that Super Bowl, Quinn hears it, but he didn't interfere in the headset and say, I want to do this, I want to do that, because Quinn's like, Shanahan's my offensive Mm -hmm. guy. I got it here because of that. But also, couldn't stop Brady. Like, you're not, you're just going to say, okay, well, I blame Shanahan for the offense doing nothing, but I can't blame Quinn. Can't blame Quinn for stopping Brady. And the D.C. for stopping Brady. But also, it's Tom Brady. Sure, but, but right. you were doing it. You were you were up twenty eight to three. What's your excuse? You could do it for the first what forty eight minutes of the game. You can do it for the last twelve or something the, the like offense that. Offense deserves more of the blame, though. <laughs> Excuse me. You need three points and you won the game, and you couldn't yeah. score those three points. So, uh, but I'm the going defense to, needed to get one stop. I'm get going uh uh-uh. uh. I'm going uh uh-uh on Dan for Quinn. Dan Quinn. I might join you. In Don't saying, think it's uh-uh. going to be a good hire. Um, and that's going to put the commanders in a bit of a tricky spot because I think they're going to get Drake May with the second overall pick. I think Drake May is going to be pretty decent. I wonder if we're going to have a situation where the commanders are like average nine and eight, ten and seven for a couple of years, and we're just looking at Drake May and having like a Brandon Staley effect. Not to say Quinn's as bad as Staley, but just like is this head coach holding back his potential ceiling? Mm-hmm. But I'm going uh uh-uh uh with. I might join you in uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh, uh-ing there. Two more to go. This is to me probably the most nameless of the hires, except for Canals. Canals and this guy are pretty much like 
not sexy at all. Callahan. Kind of off the radar. Yes. Brian Callahan. The, uh, offensive coordinator for the Bengals uh, going to Tennessee. Um, I'm going to go, uh-uh, on this. Well, you just look at what he's done before. He's every time, Every time he's been on a team, it's been in, in a lackluster kind of, except for the Bengals. I'll say that, except for the Bengals. He was the Raiders quarterback coach. Didn't do anything while he was there. He was the Lions quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. They didn't accomplish anything when he was there. He was the Broncos offensive whatever, a coaching assistant, then a quality control guy. That's a good time to be around the Broncos, though. Kubiak, uh, He was Peyton there. He, he His last year there was the Super Bowl year. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl with him. But so, am I, I going to say that it was Brian Callahan who won them that Super no, Bowl? No, but I'm just saying, Bron- like, as far as his yeah, experience, sure. there's at least one organization where he was around winning. And, and but he was there before Manning got there, and what did they what did they accomplish before he got there? They nothing, one but playoff at that point, he was with an Tebow. Ass- yeah, but he was an assistant coach, though. He was very young. That's My what I'm point saying. is... He was able to learn from a Kubiak and a Manning at sure. one point in his career. So he but gets then he the draw went a long time without legitimate talent and, and head coaching pedigree around him. Until Cincinnati. Until Cincinnati, yeah. Um, I think he's going to fail as the Tennessee Titans head coach. I'm going to go, uh-uh. And I think he's going to look back and say, I wish I would have just stayed in Cincinnati. Yeah, and why Ben Burroughs OC for like five more Look years. at what Ben Johnson's doing in Detroit. Look at what Eric Bieniemy wished he had done rather than going to Washington. If I was Callahan, I'd say to myself, I got one job I'm going to take, and that's the Chargers job, because I think I can do with Herbert what I did with Burrow. And I think Herbert's on the same level as Burrow. But I'm not going to risk one of these rookie quarterbacks not being as good, and I'm certainly not going to go to Tennessee and try and to say, make Will Levis into something Malik that he might Willis not. It's not for Will Malik Levis. Willis. Malik Willis is not going to be a quarterback in this league. But it's Will Levis, and can you get more out of him? He wants that challenge. I'm in your mindset, the Ben Johnson mindset. I would have said, if it ain't the Chargers and Herbert, I'm just sticking with Burrow because mm-hmm. it ain't going to get better than that. But I wonder why why Ben Johnson wouldn't take a job. I Was was the job filled with Harbaugh and the Chargers before Ben Johnson announced that he was staying in Detroit? I don't know. I honestly don't know that. Or, or okay, well, regardless of that, why not look at New England and say they're going to get a rookie quarterback? I can work with that. I guess the rest of that offense is that bad. You want to have to pick up the pieces and, and, like you said, be the guy after the guy? Yeah, I don't know. Tough call. But uh, what's your official on Callahan? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going, uh-uh. Okay. I mean— Here's the thing, Tom. I'm going uh-uh before he even stepped into the building because I think it was an uh-uh move by the Titans to move on from Vrabel. From Vrabel. And last but not least, Antonio Pierce, interim head coach of the Raiders, promoted to full-time head coach of the Raiders. The team bought back into him heavily at the end of last season. Uh, I'm going to go uh-huh. I'm going uh-huh. 100%. In the short term, though. I don't know how much longevity he's going to have, but most of these players are coming back for the Raiders next year, and Crosby and Adams and Jacobs have all, all said. gave their signs. Mm-hmm. They were the reason, or a big part of the reason why Davis decided to keep with Pierce. They pleaded with the ownership that this is our guy. Um, so I think that, at least in the short term, next year, maybe the year after that, with these guys still in the helm, they get a decent quarterback. Jimmy G comes back from suspension. He's okay. I think they're going to be a pretty competitive football team under Pierce. I just don't know if this is a... 
you know, 10 years down the road move where you still have him in Oakland or excuse me, Vegas, and they've been to an AFC championship game or maybe sniffed around a Super Bowl. I don't know if it gets to that point, but they're going to be good for the next couple of years with him as long as these talented players stay healthy and they can get a quarterback of Jimmy G's level or greater. I mean, Tom, I look back to a couple of years ago when John Gruden got fired and I'm blanking on the guy's name who they hired or they promoted from the organization within uh, who had a winning record down the stretch, who got them, if you remember, to the playoffs by beating the San Diego Chargers in that last game instead of tying them. Obviously, that's a knock on Brandon Staley as well. But why wouldn't they promote that guy? Now, two years later, they actually did the right thing. I like Antonio Pierce. I think two years ago, whoever that guy that came in to fill in for Gruden was also advocated by the players to be promoted to the head coaching position that following year before they brought in Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Yes. Now they've Rick, learned. They Rick Scaglia, Scalia, he's a I special teams coach. Bisaccia. <laughs> it's, uh He went it's, to the Packers after this to be their special teams coordinator. After the, yes. After the Raiders. Yes. I just don't understand why you wouldn't. And now he was a special teams coordinator his first year. Now he's an assistant head coach and SC coordinator. Yeah, but like, why? Why would you not keep that guy around? It looks like they've actually learned their lesson. Just, I don't think it's too little, too late. But I'm kind of with you. Well, it's the Raiders. I don't always assume they'll make the right decision. So they actually did the right thing this time. But they might just say oh, there's a sexy name out there that doesn't really deserve all the hype, but we might give him the chance over Antonio Pierce just on a one-year deal kind of thing. And that'll do it for another rousing edition of Uh-huh or Uh-uh. 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 Is it Uh-huh or Uh-uh? It's Uh-uh. It's uh-uh. It's uh-uh. It's the best. It's just so damn good. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to rank the top 10 running backs in the league, and I'll cook up some Steelers topics to talk about Ooh. as well. Thanks for listening, as always. For Jacob and Tom, this has been the Steelers Standard. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.